Good morning, everybody. It's my absolute privilege to be here to share the Word of God with you. And uh, for those who have been here for the last couple of months, or if you're coming back after a long time, we've been digging into the Gospel of Matthew for a long time. But now we want to take a break and talk about Christmas. Christmas. Ah, good times. Times for decorations and Christmas trees, Christmas songs. It's time for parties with friends and family. Great food, chocolate. Mm. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Cake with ice cream. Ah. Chicken, turkey. It's, t- oh, yeah. <laughs> Ham. Oh, you, you know what we're talking about. You know that. Yeah, it's time to take a break for your military diet that you have so far. You know, the one without sugar. Get some fat. Stop eating calories. Eat some food. You know, deep fried turkey with a lot of fat. You don't want to achieve every goal in 2017. What are you going to do in 2018? So you need some goals. It's time to take a break for almost everything. Work, school, taking the kids to school, then to swimming class, then to dancing class, then to soccer games, and then to music class. Take a break from everything, relax at home, and watch those favorite Christmas movies home alone. One, two, and three, and four if you want. Or if you want, watch out the green store Christmas because it's always on. It's time also for gifts. Ah, great. Good to receive a gift. And also to give one, to see the smile on the face of people. Except when you have three dozens of nieces and nephews. Now you wonder why your brothers and sisters have so many kids. When they're small, that's easy. Dora Rama is your friend. And if you love them, Walmart, oh, did I say that loud? You really love them, of course. And then Dolorama and Walmart are your friends. When they get, they become teenagers. Wow, that's another story. You just want to uninstall that Facebook app or that messengers. Because they're sending you messages like, Uncle, can you buy us 10 PS4s, game devices? Just thinking about it, you get broke. <laughs> Say, can I have those Jordan Superfly basketball shoes? Oh, the best. They want the newest Galaxy S8. And they put a note on it. Uncle, can you make sure the battery doesn't explode? Do I look like I work at Samsung? (laughs) Anyway, gifts are great. Whether you get a white t-shirt from Walmart or a Ferrari, it's always great. My uncle had it simple for him. He had to deal with 25 of us. Underwear for everybody. One each. No fight, no jealousy, no bossing around with your Christmas gift. Only great times. 
But where is this tradition comes from? This giving of gifts. Well, 2,000 years ago, a group of people came to see the Messiah when he was born. These people are called wise men or the Magi. And at Gateway Church, we love that story. And this is how we understand the story happened. Make way. We've traveled far from the east, my companions and I. Great distance. The king we've searched for. So what is it that brings such distinguished visitors to this part of the country? Your Highness. We are here to pursue our interests in a grand cosmic event. For some time, we've carefully studied the stars and the planets, charting their courses and predicting their patterns. Recently, a most unusual star has appeared, an enormous star bright beyond compare. Never in all of history has there been a star like this. We know this star heralds the coming of a great and glorious ruler, a king like no other kings. A king of kings. Well, I never. A king of kings. Whatever is that supposed to mean? Why, just the other day, I was saying how my Herod, now, he's a great... A king of kings, you say? I assure you, I only know of one king. And you're looking at him. <laughs> like I was just saying the other day, that it's... But you have not answered my question. What is it that brings you here? The star has come to rest over this place. There can be no mistaking its position. A new king has been born in the land of Judah. We have come to worship him and present him with gifts. Well, what about us? Did you bring me any gifts? Oh, shush. Do you know where this king is? Can, can you tell us anything? Our calculations cannot be incorrect. We know he's near. I know of no such king. But I confess, you have aroused my curiosity. If there were such a king, I too would want to celebrate his birth. Ahem. Sire, if I may be so bold as to interrupt, yes, yes. You see, the birth of this king was foretold. It says here in the Holy Scriptures. Look, I have a copy here. Ah. A savior. A ruler. Will be born. In the town of Bim. Bethlehem. 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 There you have it, gentlemen. Go now to Bethlehem and make careful search for the child. And when you have found him, report back to me so that I too may go and worship him. Go now. And bring gifts for me too. 
Bethlehem. And don't forget to return and report the news of his whereabouts to me. I'll be waiting for you. Oh, sire. Bethlehem. Yes, let us be. A new king! There is only one king! King Herod the Great! But, but sire... If you don't mind me saying so, this is the birth of the king that was foretold. Well, he could change the whole of Judah. No fool! He would not just change all of Judah! He could change the world! Get this fool out of here! No! You will not stop him! He is a threat! And he must be found! He must be destroyed! No one takes my throne! No one! What are all these people doing here? Get these people out of here! I feel a tantrum coming on! Somebody bring me some great! Let's get out of here! Thanks. If you have your Bible, let's open in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. I said we were kind of taking a break from the book of Matthew, but we can't help it. Let's just go back in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. And I'll read. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, In the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, He inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Verse 5. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and asserted from them what time the star had, to, had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go, search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. Verse 9. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they have seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening the treasures, they offered him. Gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. 
and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their, con- to their own country by another way. The title of my message today is The Perfect Gift of Christmas. And I pray that God may open up our heart today. That we may only discover or we may only realize how big the gift God has given us at Christmas is. But we also get it in our heart. So Lord, we pray that today you may pour in our heart the life and the word that you sent to us. We pray that all our issues, our problems, our thoughts may be gathered together in this place. So that you may rule in our hearts and you may speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. This story has captured the imagination of Christians for centuries. It is the basis of all the type of legend and stories that we know today. Many of them even think that the Magi were actually kings. Some call them wise men. In fact, every part of the world, Christians call those group of wise men differently. They gave them names. It depends on where you are. But these distortions, these stories can distract us from the main story that Matthew is trying to tell us. There is a profound and powerful statement through this story. He started by telling the genealogy of Jesus. In chapter 1. And tell how he was born. And remember Matthew is about showing that Jesus was a king. Actually the king of kings. And now he opens the story with this big event. People from the east coming to see Jesus. Today we think that this story is is a legend good for kids. We, tell, we can tell the story at Christmas. But history shows that this is not just a story. It's historical facts. Verse 1 says, When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Bethlehem called the house of bread, there came to him wise men from the east. The name given to this man is actually Magi, which is difficult to translate properly in our languages today historians say that they belong to a tribe called the tribe of Midian a tribe of Midian serving as priests in the Persian empire like the Levites were in Israel so were the Magi in the the Persian empire they were teachers instructors of kings and they were king makers So, no one would step on the throne in the Persian Empire without being instructed in the Magi instruction, knowledge. And none of them would be enthroned unless the Magi does that. They were high officials, very, very important people. At their best, Magi were known to be good men, holy people, looking for truth. So in those days too, people believed in astrology a lot. People thought that they could tell the future. Stars could tell the future of, people, of 
of man. And the man's destiny was settled by the star under which he was born. So, the star represented order in universe. And when something strange happened, a brilliant star will happen. For them it meant God was about to change things. It was a change in the order of the universe. It was something that was happening that there, that God was changing things. We don't know exactly what star the Magi saw. There have been a lot of events in the sky during that time. History tells us about events happening here and there. The most significant is the one that happened. That's written in Egyptian scripture, uh, Egyptian story about a star called Misery, which means the, the birth of a prince, which appeared between five and two before Christ. But the fact is that the Magi saw the star appearing right in, above them in their country, in the east. And it dragged them. From that place to the Palestine before it disappeared. That was so significant that the Magi couldn't let it go. They just had to follow that star. In the political area, the world was living tense times. There were big changes in kingdoms as well. History tells us that there was a feeling... That people had that tell, tell them that something is about to happen. A king is about to be born. But they just didn't know how and where. Because of the threat that was coming, the Romans went in Palestine and installed a king who was Herod the Great. He was half Jew, half Edomite. He just went, they installed it for security. Because in the eastern part, there was this big empire, the Eastern Empire, stretching from Palestine up to China and India. This is the East Kingdom we're talking about. Rise from the relics of the Babylonian, the Persian Empire. And guess what? The Magi were high officials in that empire. So, this takes us back to the story we were reading today. We get back in the scripture and see that in the first couple of chapters, God just sent his son for the word, for the salvation of the world. The perfect gift of God for the salvation of the human race. In God's mind, the coming of Jesus Christ on earth was the perfect solution to man's sin. The Bible says in John 3, 16 and 17, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God didn't send his son in the world to condemn the world, but in order for the world to be saved through him. And yet in this story, as we read this, we see three different reactions to the perfect gift that was sent. Three different approaches, three different people, group of people reacting to that differently, to the perfect gift that God has given us. 
And today we want to unpack those three. Because I believe we still, even today, live in and behave in those three groups. The first one is Herod the Great by himself. In verse 2, the Bible says that the major arrived in Jerusalem, technically in the enemy territory. Probably as a big troop. Because remember, they were king makers and they were officials. They came into Jerusalem. That meant trouble for Jerusalem because they found themselves in one potential explosive situation. Remember, Herod was set on the throne with malice by the Roman. And now, suddenly, comes from the east king makers. Big people coming to look for not just a king, not just a person to become king, to be voted as a king. No, a person who is born king of kings. That was the difference. This is our God. He came in the world not to live under this system we have. He was born king of kings. Above all the rules, above all the issues of this world, above all the troubles, the voting and devoting and all those stuff. He was born king of kings. Meaning whatever he says is done. Whatever he decides, it's going to be done. And this is the king, the perfect gift Jesus said, God sent to us. The perfect gift that we have in Christmas. Herod maintained his power with extreme violence, usually. He killed his wife. He killed his mother. He assassinated his three sons because he wanted to stick on the throne. And we think African president invented the art of staying in power. No, he started long ago. <laughs> now, Look at this threat. There's somebody else, bigger, higher than Herod, who comes to step on the throne. Herod saw that as a threat, an enemy to kill. He was so blinded that even the scriptures didn't tell him anything. He didn't think that Jesus could come to save himself from all his sins. He was just a threat. A friend of mine from Dallas, Texas, Told me once, Cyril, you know I don't want to be Christian. You know, dude, your Jesus is going to change my plan. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what plan he had, but he didn't want Jesus because he's going to change his plans. Many of us don't want Jesus. We find excuses like, I know I have depression, I have all this, but I'm not religious. What are you talking about? Jesus is not about religion. Jesus, it's not, he's not about rules, do or not do. About organization to belong to. About a tribe. You may be coming from another culture where Christianity is not. It's something for the Western civilization. But that's not true. Jesus is above all those things. He's the king of kings. Above the rules. He came to save you. Your life. Completely. Let me read this. Ephesians 2. 1 to 7. Just read 1 to 1 to 5. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, 
in which you, are, you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the powers, the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passion of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised, raised us up, with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show he the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Jesus didn't come to put you down, to tweet about your personal issues and like where you are. In the secret of your heart, Jesus came to save you. Even the, the things that you cannot express, Jesus knows them. He came for that. The perfect gift. Jesus didn't come to condemn you for the mistake you did. The things that you did wrong in your life that are still rolling in your mind every night. Like the woman caught in sin, Jesus tells you, Neither do, I, did I, neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. Which is a command, but also uh, enabling. He's giving you the power to walk in that way. Jesus came to save you from yourself, from your mistaken past, so that you can live a life free with a clear conscience. Jesus is not your enemy. Jesus is not a threat. Jesus is the perfect gift for you from God. Do not reject Jesus because of your past experiences with people. Because of your mistakes. Because of the thing that you feel I don't feel like. Do not reject. This is a perfect Christmas gift for you today. When I first got into Germany... To work. I worked five years in Germany. The first week we had to settle. To settle. So we had to open bank accounts and do all those stuff. And the first week I got an appointment with my bank. The, bank, the account manager in the bank. She was fun. She was excited. And she had zero French. Zero English. Pure German. <laughs> so we kind of managed to set up uh, an appointment. So there's this word. I found out the first week that German has some words that are the same in French. Like the word rendezvous. But I didn't bother checking if it has the same meaning. So I had a rendezvous with her. An appointment to open a bank account. But in German there's the word Rendezvous means a date. Because there's another word that says appointment. It's termin. So the day I had a rendezvous huh, was at 1 o'clock. And the boss knew I was to leave to go somewhere. And he shouted to me across the room. 
It was a room packed of developers. 20 programmers, engineers were in the room. He shouted at me, oh, Didier, where are you going? What did you have, actually? I said, you know what? I have a rendezvous with my bank account manager. Everybody shouted in the room. They were so happy, clapping hands, whistling, and all this stuff. And I thought, wow. <laughs> These guys are going to be so easy to impress. Wait until I'm, I write my first program. I'm going to be the king here. So I went on to my rendezvous appointment. Got there and uh, the lady said, oh, how, how, how easy was it for you to work your first week at work? Your first week in Germany? So how did, it, how did you manage to do that? I said, oh, that was easy. I just told them that I had a rendezvous with you. And she stopped me right there. I said, oh, we don't have a rendezvous. We have a termin. Because remember, I'm married. Rendezvous means we're dating, but we just have a termin. Oh. I knew that. I knew. I was just a little bit confused, you know. Right there, I was looking for a hole to bury myself. But that was nothing. Now, all of a sudden, all the whistling, all the joy, and all the rejoicing at work made sense. Most of them never saw an African. I was the first one representing my whole race, my whole continent in that place. I guess I dropped the ball on that one. Because all I made sure they knew about me, that I was a player. Nothing else. That was, how do you live with that? How do you fix that? That's a great way to start a job. So, I went back to work and I prayed. I said, God, you took me. You saved me actually from Congo and you brought me here. And this is my first week and I just messed up. I'm going to be killed or sent back in Congo. I don't know. And I heard God telling me, when I saved you, I didn't save you to, so you can die here. I had enough provision for you to succeed in this place. It's not your mistakes. It's not your failures that are going to stop me. Because you will succeed. And what happened? God used that situation. I suddenly felt, everybody felt so close to me. They start talking to me. They start telling me stories, trying to help me with my German. I worked five years. I never had lunch by myself. I never, when we went out, I never bought my own lunch. They always bought something. They always somebody helping me. It took me less than three months to speak German just because of that. They helped me so much that the last three years in that company, I became the best developers in the, com in the, com the, com the company. God used it. Because there's no mistake you can do. There's nothing you can do that can stop God's provision on your life. This is the perfect gift of Christmas. Can you feel this? Jesus covered you so you can have that in your life. Now to the second group. The priests. The scribes. And the people of Jerusalem. The verse 3 to 6 say, Jesus was not born in Jerusalem, in the palace, or in any house in Jerusalem. If we look deeper in the Bible, there's reason God did that. Including that Jerusalem was considered like a private Jew's holy place. That if he was born in Jerusalem, no one, no one else 
in the world could have access to him. But he was born in the humble city of Bethlehem, the city of the King David. And in those days, Bethlehem was accessible to everyone. There were people who knew about it. The scribes, the priests, they knew that the king had to be born there. Can you realize? They saw the Magi. They saw all that was happening. They went to look for the scriptures. And they opened it. They told the king where the king, the Jesus was born. But yet, they didn't do anything. They didn't take any action. For them, scriptures were just like a story. They never actually realized that the king they were expecting was there. The people of Jerusalem didn't move, neither. It's not because we know about Christmas. We can tell the story from start to finish that we can reap the benefit of the gift of God. You actually need to take action about it. You need to receive that gift. How many of us would be happy if you, in a few days, send a gift to your favorite niece or nephew and she doesn't get it, she doesn't receive it? Most of you will go to the psychiatrist right after that. I'm depressed, but they don't like me, you know. That Jesus sent us a gift. The Lord sent us a gift in Jesus Christ. Have you received it? Is Jesus part of your life? The Bible says in John 1, 11 and 13, He, the Son, Jesus, came in to, this, to His own. And His own people didn't receive Him. But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. What is Christmas for you today? Do you feel that it's a perfect gift for you? No matter what mistake you did, you have a pure access to God through the gift He sent you this Christmas. The priests didn't do that. People of Jerusalem didn't do that. But the Magi did. And this is our last point. The Magi. Verse 7 to 12, the Bible tells us that they went to see Jesus. When they arrived, they fell down and worshipped. It's hard to imagine what this is like today in our world because we don't know these things. But some tribes in the world are still doing that. Worshipping, falling down, bringing gifts is a sign of submission. It's actually... The one who needs help, who needs protection, who will take the gift to, the, to the, the king. It's not the way around as we do here. The Magi brought gifts as a symbol of their submission to Jesus. Imagine those kingmakers, those who instruct kings before Jesus. They had no words. They just fell on the ground because they knew the king right there knew everything. Magi were known to master the natural and the spiritual. But when they came to Jesus, they knew that this is the king who masters 
natural and the physical and even the souls. Able to save you deep inside. So they submitted to them. They accepted Jesus as a perfect gift of God to them. And I want to ask you today. Is Jesus. Do you feel that Jesus is a perfect gift for you in this life? Is he like a threat to your lifestyle? Do you feel that he's there to change your life for the world? Which is not true. Jesus is a perfect gift. Do you ignore him? Is Christmas just a story? Is Christian life just a lifestyle for you? Today, I want to challenge you to change that and receive Jesus Christ. Because he came to save us from ourselves as well. One last scripture before I go. Romans 5, verse 6. The Bible says that where we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly that we were. Christmas is a perfect gift. That I want you, I will encourage you and exhort you to receive today. So, Merry Christmas. And may God bless you today. Amen.